right now. I'll try again. Thanks, you too. I'm gonna need you. This happened last week. Oh, there it goes. I think. Thanks, Would Melissa. you like to? Thank you, <laughs> Melissa. We really appreciate you helping us out there. Can you check your tab as well and see if it's going in? Let's see. <laughs> go ahead and go to edit video. I think it might be doing it now. Nah, it's it says not. live. Okay, it says live. Thumbnail updated. Yeah, I just need you to go into the live dashboard. Yeah. Oops. Nope, not that one. The, uh, yep, that with the little icon there. That'll load it up. I'll, I'll destroy the instance. Okay, so it is, it is streaming. Okay, cool. Excellent. Well, welcome to um, the show. We just started our housekeeping stuff, and we're hanging out in the Discord chat room. And uh, yeah, we're just making sure everything is, uh, is streaming out there. So uh, thanks for bearing with us. Um, Go ahead and jump week. into this week's project. <laughs> this week's project is a very fun one. And we've been, we're still working on it, and we hope to release it later today or tomorrow. Um, uh, but we do have a video that's going to explain what it is and some really fun shots of it in action. So without further ado, let's go ahead and play that video. Yeah? Yeah, go Okay. Ahead. All right, here we go. We'll see you on the other end. It's only like two minutes long. And go. Wait, that's not it. <laughs> that's the... That's the live feed. That's the live feed. <laughs> All right, I think it's this button. Are you guys ready? Here we go. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're building a scoreboard using an LED matrix in CircuitPython. We thought it'd be cool to build an indoor game where you can shoot some hoops and show your score. So we built an IR sensing hoop that displays your score on an LED matrix. We 3D printed the parts and designed this to be an easy build so folks can make one at home. This uses an IR brake beam sensor to detect when the ball goes through the hoop. The IR sensors are secured to the 3D printed hoop with the wiring hidden inside. There's an arcade button on the side that's used for starting a new game and resetting the score. This whole build is powered by an Adafruit Feather M4 Express and the RGB Matrix Featherwing. The code for this project was written in CircuitPython by Liz Clark. On startup, a bitmap gets displayed and checks if the arcade button has been pressed. When the button is pressed, a new game starts and shows the scoreboard. Each time the IR sensor detects break, the score increases by 2 and plays an MP3. If the button is pressed while playing a game, the score is reset and goes back to start. All of the code, images, and audio files live on the device like a USB drive, so it's easy to change and modify. CircuitPython makes it easy to code hardware so you can build fun and interesting projects. This build features mounting holes, so you can attach this to a frame or tabletop. The Matrix Featherwing and Feather M4 Express are snap fitted on the back of the display. A Stemma speaker is also on the back and plays audio files when you score points. Be sure to check out the learn guide for a full step-by-step -step tutorial on building this project. We hope this inspires you to build projects with CircuitPython so you can enjoy your time indoors. Thanks so much for watching and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit.
Alrighty, so that Ooh. is the video. All right. Thank you for watching that. Um, yeah, so that's this week's project. Again, uh, the learn guide is still cooking, and we are. I'm actually going to take waiting. a little quick preview of it. Okay. While yeah. It's in uh, progress. Yeah. Got a we'll bunch of pages done, so we'll go ahead and check out a lot of the assembly and build and code. All right. So, yep. This is the um, the learn guide that's in progress. We still got some images and things to make. Um, uh, it's very similar to the slot machine project as it's using the exact same um, matrix display. This is the 64 by 32 matrix. And we're also using the matrix feather wing, which really makes it uh, simple to attach any feather to the back of the display. The display itself is indeed in stock. And the, uh, the price is looking pretty good. Um, so check that out. This is the four millimeter pitch version. Again, the 64 by 32. And um, let's go back into the learn guide. Um, we're using a, a sheet of black LED acrylic, uh, similar to um, the slot machine project. And we have some, uh, some sizes here, so you can get that pre-cut from Tap Plastics, who is the, uh, the folks that are uh, cutting it and distributing it. So you can purchase it from them. And uh, this is the size that we used for our particular um, matrix. You can get this yourself, but it is a little difficult. Uh, oh, you I mean think cut it's it yourself? easier. Yeah, I think it's easier to just have them. Yeah, I I cut. definitely would. Um, yeah, even yep. <laughs> there are a handful of screws and things I have them listed here, but uh, as for the the main brains of the operation, it is the Feather M4 Express, and again the Matrix Featherwing, which are both in stock. Oh wow, Melissa is saying that they used to be sixty-five bucks. So yeah, that's a good price. I actually have a, a story. Um, Somebody, yeah, it, it used to be eighty dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's like half the price now, which is uh, well, great for uh, for folks that want to pick one up. Now it's a good time to uh, to get it, as the the, the price is, is about half now, which is really nice. Um, for audio, playing uh, MP3s is a fairly new addition to Circuit Python, and uh, one of the easiest ways to get uh, speaker output from a Feather is with a Stemma speaker. Uh, this has an onboard amplifier, and it has a little mini oval speaker attached right to it. And you have some uh, a stemma connector and some pads here if you want to do some alligator clips. Here in the photo, it's attached to a circuit playground, um, but you can attach it to just about anything, um, which is nice. It's got an arcade button for the reset and starting the game. The IR sensors come in two different sizes, but they have the same um, sort of uh, dimensions, like product dimensions. Um, the hoop uh, is it will fit both of them as they have the same body. The only difference here is uh, this version is using a three millimeter LED, and the other version is using a five millimeter LED. Um, the di I'm not sure if there's uh, I don't know the particular difference between the two other than <laughs> the LED is bigger on one. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm using the three millimeter version, but I'm sure the five millimeter version work as well. An assortment of JST connectors, as these are used to kind of help um, make the connections easier when, and the wiring management is a little bit easier. Um, so you can disconnect components um, and reroute them if you need to. So that's why I have them listed. Uh, I like to use silicone ribbon cables, so I got those there. You are going to need some female headers. Now the RGB matrix feather wing does come with some headers, um, but uh, we're going to use some female headers in this version, um, and those do not come with it, so that's why I have them listed here. And it's always handy to have the M25 kit that we offer 
as uh, it has an assortment of standoffs and long screws that we'll use uh, to secure the components to the parts. Okay, that's kind of the introduction. Uh, the circuit diagram just shows you a visual uh, representation of the wired connections. We got our button, our IR receiver, transmitter, and our stemma speaker. We are kind of using uh, connections from, from both PCBs. Uh, the Feather M4 has a nice uh, assortment of ground and voltage pins, so we're able to just use all of those um, so we don't have to share uh, the voltage and ground pins, which is nice. And then the Featherwing itself has an extra row broken out for the 12 pin and the 16 pin um, sides so that you can uh, you know, have access to them. And we are using uh, a couple of the pins. The button is like D4. Uh, A0 for, this, for the Stemma speaker, and A1 for the IR sensor. We had to be really careful with these pins and sort of just picking the pins because the RGB display kind of uses all of them to the point where I don't think we could have used... We were thinking about making this like IoT connected and then we just came to the conclusion that like, yeah, um, maybe not. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, maybe that needs some further exploring. When it comes to powering this thing, uh, the display does need external power from a wall adapter, and uh, what we recommend is the 5 volt, 4 amp power supply. You really, really want to be careful with this. I uh, hate to admit, but hey, I accidentally plugged in a display. Uh, I plugged in a 12 volt power supply to my display, and I fried it. Um, thankfully, the Feather Wing and the Feather M4 did not fry but the display basically was cooked. So uh, be, please be careful with that. I should probably put a little note here saying that, but I mean, the, the, yeah, it's very embarrassing. So <laughs> don't do that, man. <laughs> it, I, it, you know, I could, anyway, I have excuses. I have plenty of those. Uh, the 3D printing page needs a lot of love, folks. <laughs> so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna show you the CAD design um, and just kind of walk through it a little bit. How are we on time, we're okay? Yeah, yeah. I'll spend maybe five minutes or so um, chatting about that. Let's see if I can get uh, a full screen here. All right, so, uh, I mean, it's worth noting that the display, uh, there sort of was two versions of it, and uh, we do have models of both versions, though it's going to be hard to kind of know which one other than to visually inspect where your mounting holes are. Um, so I did have to make two versions of this. Um, so what we have here is these corner brackets and they are uh, using the four mounting holes on each end here on the back of the display. There are four mounting holes. There's actually six, um, and we're using all of them. So uh, there's that. The, the, another added thing that the corner brackets have are these little slots that allow the sheet of acrylic to kind of uh, be uh, pressed up against the surface of the display so that it can diffuse those LEDs. Um, and uh, there's some extra holes here on the side of the corner mounts that have an extra bracket. This is how the arcade button is mounted to the side, is with an extra mounting plate dedicated for the, for the arcade button. And then we have these two uh, mounting feet, is what we'll call them. And uh, those have these little tabs on the side. And uh, they are mirrored, so you want to print uh, each one of these out. And um, they're they will be oriented for you to print. Because uh, you do have to orient them kind of like this in order for them to print. Uh, let's see what else. The Stemma speaker itself is mounted to this speaker plate. 
and then that speaker plate is mounted to the two holes in the center of the display. So that's, so that's working. The hoop itself is um, parametric, which is really, really good uh, because I really wanted to make a fairly large hoop. Um, so, golly, I forgot. I think it's like 204 millimeters. Uh, what is 204 millimeters in inches? That is about an eight inch diameter hoop. So I figured that's a pretty standard hoop for those for the mini style uh, hoops. So I wanted to be kind of consistent with that. However, that's going to require a fairly large build plate. Um, and I would like this to fit uh, printers like the, the Ultimakers and the Prusa i3 printers. So what I, what I, what I can do is uh, I'll, I'll bounce out some, uh, some pre-sized hoops. So I'll have one that's like 190 millimeters, maybe even 180 millimeters. And um, I'll have those exported as STL so folks can print those that will fit hopefully um, a wide range of printers. Um, but if you do have, a, like, let's say a, a Krillty CR10, where it has like a 10 by 10 inch build plate, you should be able to fit that no problem. I think it's 12 by 12. Or 12 by 12, whichever one. Um, and uh, the hoop uh, has some, uh, some channels here for uh, threading uh, the wiring from the IR brake beam sensor. And the brake beam sensor is there's a receiver and the transmitter and um, they both are kind of press fitted into these recesses here and then there is a single screw an m25 screw that will secure um, the body of the ir sensor to the hoop itself and you can see that all these little channels here are uh, you know are going to help you route that wiring through the hoop so that it stays away uh, from uh, the, the the shots when you're when you're making your hoops there is some mounting tabs in the back here that will attach to the uh, hoop brackets, which is gets secured to uh, the feet here. Um, so all these little pieces all kind of fit together to make this work. And hopefully if I explain that, um, I'll be sure to you know, upload and export uh, this whole assembly so folks can uh, have the, uh, the entire thing. Um, yeah, any questions or anything about the design? Uh, just in the Discord, we got some nice discussion on some of the previous pricing for the Matrix. Yeah. And Maker Melissa was able to find her, her old uh, receipt on that. So you can see that, yeah, the price drop. Uh, <laughs> yep. It's nice. Yeah, it's great. I, I think we found some suppliers that were offering it with better margins or something. So. Yeah, I'm just posting Yay. the link to the Fusion 360 file so people Thank can you. print this out. Right. And. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do some more um, documentation in the Learn Guide that will help you better determine which version of Matrix C do you have. I took some pictures of them both. I just don't have them here so I can show it to you. But uh, I do have them. I can actually open that second design and share, share just how different the, the kind of mounting holes are. So this is the kind of first um, matrix. So if you bought a matrix a couple months ago or maybe even a month ago, you might have this version. You can see here the mounting holes are not going down the center but more offset to the left and the right side. Um, and then the corner brackets, because of how offset those mounting ho holes are, the corner brackets have not a vastly different design but enough to be like, yeah, that looks completely different. Um, but we are kind of using the same style of uh, feet and brackets, and the hoop is the same. I needed to make sure that uh, 
the hoop and the button bracket and the hoop brackets are fairly the same. So I'm trying to have some consistency here across those two designs. Um, so that was a little bit of extra work, but hey, I think it's worth having both of them um, because I did have both of them. <laughs> so I was able to measure them out and make sure that they all fit nicely. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of insight in the CAD stuff. Cools. And then uh, Mark was asking, is there anything special so that it so that the hoop bends and does not snap, or is it just a really like <laughs> small basketball? Yes, yeah, uh, definitely good. How much stress can it take? It really depends on uh, the material. I would highly recommend using some PETG material as it's a little bit better uh, in terms of flexibility and strength when it comes to like PLA. Uh, I have, however, used PLA, and I also would recommend increasing your shell count to three or maybe even four and your infill to uh, at least 10%. Um, so yes, I tested it several times and I broke two of them and that is because I just didn't have enough infill and I had some pretty low uh, shell counts. Uh, so I've been stress testing this one quite a bit. I'll, we'll go back to it and kind of show how it flexes and things. Um, but yeah, that is definitely a consideration. Um, you don't want to put too, ma too much weight on it as it, it can definitely snap. Um, but uh, I don't have any PETG material to, uh, unfortunately I don't have any PETG material on hand, so um, I've, I haven't used that uh, in this project, but we definitely should. <laughs> it's definitely one of those maker lottery things where the design of it, the way that the um, mounting parts for it just uh, have enough give so it bends yes. instead of breaking. Right, um, but yes, it has broken and um, that was partly because I just wanted to print it quickly, so I uh, didn't put enough infill, and uh, it did snap. And I'll, I'll show you guys where it actually snaps, or at least it snapped pretty consistently right here, right around this area here in these tabs. So uh, they are fairly thick, um, but even still, um, with too much force, it will definitely snap. Um, but that seems to be where the weak point is around here. So having extra shell count and more infill will definitely uh, yield a stronger part. Yeah. I'm glad somebody asked that, because it, it kind of escaped me for a second, because I've been playing it for so, uh, so long, and I kind of forgot that, yeah, it, it did break <laughs> earlier in the, in the prototyping phase. Cool. Um, and those are all the pieces. They all fit in the shot, which is nice, because uh, they're, they're fairly large pieces. Um, but it's, it's modular. Uh, when the hoop broke, I didn't have to, you know, reprint all the pieces because it was just the hoop piece. But unfortunately, the hoop piece is kind of the biggest piece and it takes the longest, clocking in around uh, three hours to four hours, depending on your, uh, your speed settings. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, that took a bit. Cool. Um, another thing that's worth noting, okay, let's jump out of CAD stuff and, and kind of go back into this here, so this is uh, it set up on our table here. This is just a little um, kind of podium table that can be raised and lowered. Um, there are some tabs on the feet. I can't quite show it to you, but uh, the way we're having it secured to this tabletop is with mounting tack. So mounting tack is this sticky stuff um, that doesn't leave any residue and it can uh, be reused um, quite a bit. So we tend to use it um, for temporarily securing things together. Um, uh, ideally, I would want to screw this into some sort of piece of wood base, a wooden base, so that I can attach that to a frame or something of that 
maybe put some weights on that uh, wood. But here you can see uh, the, sc the screws are slotted uh, back here, up here, and then mirrored over here. Uh, so you have four mounting holes uh, that you can use. And uh, there should be enough clearances uh, to get a drill in there if you're going to drill it into something. Um, but yeah, that's how I have it set up here with this mounting tack. And I just press it down, and hopefully that stays there. OK. Um, so yeah, you use the arcade button to start the, uh, the, the game. And then uh, the hoop is now ready and willing to, to start taking some shots. So it's going to be hard to, uh, <laughs> to demo this, like, you know, because all the stuff is here. But there it is working. Um, the sound effects are really nice. They're MP3s. It's using the new MP3 library by Jeff Epler. Shout out to Jeff Epler for helping us um, get this in a state where it's not crashing. Um, it's a fairly new library, and uh, you just got to use it so folks can start playing MP3s in their projects, which is really nice because the file sizes are small. So we got yeah. Sebastian Perez in the YouTube chat asking nice the name of the sticky stuff. It's called TAC, T-A-C. Is it? It comes in different colors, and different folks make it. 3M makes it. Um, who else makes it? You can get it from the dollar store, Amazon. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we, we heard about it like a decade ago. Like, folks were like wedding photographers use it to hold up rings, mm -hmm. and they liked it because it doesn't leave any residue behind those pretty surfaces. So uh, that's how they were able to get those wedding ring shots. <laughs> they prop up their wedding rings with tack. And then Andy um, Calloway saying uh, blue tack. It also goes by blue tack. Yes, B L U T A K. And like, like you were saying, it's available everywhere, like uh, dollar stores, uh, mm -hmm. your grocery local stores. Uh, hardware store, whatever. Um, so yeah, this is uh, this is the build. Yeah, what's really cool about this is that it's pre-modular, so you can use this if you don't want to have it as a game. You can have it setting up as, you know, how many people are leaving this room or how many people are opening up the fridge. Oh, that's... So it that's, is a nice little a way to count uh, things, like just traveling through. Right. You know what I just thought of is uh, tiny whoop drones. You got yourself a little yeah. drone thing. Yeah. Uh, those little obstacle courses for, for FPV drones. Mm -hmm. uh, wow, that'd be cool if you're not into the whole sports ball thing. Uh, perhaps soccer or something, foot, another football? Yeah, wherever you can mount the beams yeah. to break is a right. nice way to keep track Originally, of Originally, the thought was to put this on, on the rim of like a trash bin like this. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that might, it's just a little bit more complicated to do that. Yeah, so I figured wires. I'd have it all. Right, I'd have to route some longer wires and things. So I figured I'd have it all. Um, all contained into the into the display itself. Now there is some cautionary warnings that you, you are throwing a ball at a display, and um, you know you got to be careful. Even though I just did that, you can see uh, it's still going and it didn't flicker. Yeah, it's surprising really nice. how well that tack is able to hold onto there. I mean, this is a rubber ball and all, but still, um, you're hitting. It's a backboard, right? So, oh, that's a fun one. You'll get more points if you kind of get this kind of swooshy rim thing <laughs> where it kind of rolls around the rim. It'll just keep, uh, it's a good way to kind of rack up your points. But uh, yeah, the delay is, is quite 
um, quick, you can just kind of see how fast it's iterating through the scores just by holding yeah. it, breaking the beam. And we got Yanni in the chat room saying that some Neo pixels for the rim would be yeah. totally awesome. Yeah, we actually have a, a guide in the Learn system that, that has a similar project. It's an Arduino. Oh, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that could be a fun one. Um, yeah, I think that'd be cool. Maybe for V2. Um, so the display is using Display.io, and this is a custom font. Um, so you can, you can completely create your own fonts for the display, which is really cool. Um, Liz put that together. She also put together the color scheme, which I'm always a fan of. Um, and the graphics again. So if we want to like, kind of reset and start over, just hit the button again, and it'll, it'll display that startup graphic. This is just a bitmap. Uh, so the bitmap is um, 64 by 32 pixels, and you can change it. All the sound effects can be changed as well. So if you want to like have some some people cheering or or you know bottles breaking or something, um, you can completely change the MP3s just by swapping them out, which is really nice. Um, yeah. I guess let's take a look at the rest of the learn guide or take any questions. Uh, more comments. Uh, Mark in the Discord is saying magnets to mount it to my office filing cabinet would be great or would work great. Yeah, there would have to be some strong magnets because the, the weight of the display isn't too bad, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm I mean, curious, you could separate yeah. the display, have that mounted on top of the file cabinet, and then have the mm -hmm. um, the hoop is what's actually on the magnet Yeah, on the, on the file cabinet side. I did think about um, using, like, slotted aluminum brackets, like our, uh, our 2020 aluminum extrusions. Because um, I've created like a little over-the-door hanger for them, and I figured, oh, that'd be neat to have it hanging over the door. Uh, though there's some wiring issues where you're just gonna have to have some wires either uh, go down or up into the ceiling or something. Uh, depending on how how much you want to, um, let's say how uh, the words escaping me, how complex you want it. No, how, <laughs> how much effort do you want to put into kind of mounting it in the in a spot that you'd like. Um, Go for it, though. I think there's a lot of opportunity for mounting in different spots and things. Yeah, all right. Let's continue on with the okay. guide. Cool. I think we're in the code section now. Yeah, we're going to jump into the code section. So uh, there's a, a couple pages of code. Uh, we want to make sure folks um, are able to update their Feather board with the latest version of CircuitPython. So this will just kind of walk you through that. There's some nice screenshots and things, and very thorough wording on how to get uh, the latest version of CircuitPython in your board as it is uh, dependent on Display.io and the MP3 library, which is baked into the core of CircuitPython um, 5.3, I believe. Yeah. OK. Um, the scoreboard uses a handful of libraries. We're using the bitmap font, uh, display shapes, display text, and the image load libraries. They're all listed here. And there's also a screenshot um, on the type of on the type, on the uh, actual, the the individual libraries that you will need, um, you can download the library bundle and then unzip that folder and then just pick the individual libraries and referencing this list here and then just drag them onto your CircuitPy drive once your version is set up with the latest version. Scoreboard code walkthrough. Shout out to Liz Clark for putting this together. She did an excellent job on documenting it and just making it uh, robust code. So it just walks you through the setup in the intro here. How, this is how you set up a matrix display using CircuitPython and the RGB matrix library. 
We're setting up some groups and things for uh, our startup graphic, so that walks you through that. Um, here's all this text stuff. So if you're not a fan of the font, you can totally change the font by generating your own. We have documentation on how to do that. Uh, I'll probably add that as a requisite prerequisite guide, just so folks know that they have that uh, they have that option. You can change the colors as well here using um, RGB values or some hex code. So we got the pink and the yellow here. The labeling here is uh, going to help uh, set the text uh, in the positions. Um, so you have an X and Y coordinate here. And then we have uh, a rectangle here that is uh, making our yellow and pink outline. Excellent. Um, some more setup stuff here as we are uh, creating the, um, the bitmap using image load. And we're creating some more groups here. This is where we're starting to um, label out our uh, pins for the brake beam, the button, and the speaker. So if you'd like to use different pins, um, you can, but the, that's what we have it coded here for A1 for the brake beam, and D4 for the button, and A0 for the speaker. For MP3 decoding, you want to set it up before the loop. Um, this will help save memory when you're playing multiple MP3 files. And um, yeah, you just want to follow that through. There's some more um, stuff here that uh, sets up the state machines. So um, you can check when the, the button is being pressed or not. Uh, in the wild loop here is when you're checking if the button is pressed or not. And if the game hasn't started and you press the button, then it'll reset the score. Cool. Follow through it, and you'll see all the different stuff. There is some, um, some neat kind of things here that uh, will, uh, the text will get some formatting depending on where the digits are so that it's centered with the display, which is pretty neat. So if you're wondering what that's doing, that's, that's how you can do that. And then the last part is, yeah, I already kind of explained it. If the game is in progress and you press the button, it changes the hoop state to false and ends the game, and then it resets the score to zero. So there you go. There's, there's more um, details in there, but uh, I think just kind of quick overview is, is, is fair. <laughs> Again, shout out to Liz for putting that together. All right, and the rest of it's like assembling it. <laughs> so um, just wanted to do some build photos of wiring this thing up. Kind of need some, wire, uh, some lengthy wires for the IR receiver. Um, and then uh, you know all the holes here are uh, sized for the various different screws. Um, yeah, and I'm just walking through wiring it all and getting all those JC connectors so that it's an easily assembly to just plug everything together once it's all wired up. Look at the parts list here. You, uh, there's a five millimeter and a three millimeter LED yeah. IR brake beam. That's right. This is the five. This is the three. Three. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think the five is the same. I think maybe it has a wider spread. I don't mm. know. I should really look into that, but I think you're going to get the same result. Because mm. I can see if you get a side shot here and your elements, if your item is too small, you're not going to hit that brake. So it has to kind of be in the center. So maybe the five millimeter has a wider spread, I think, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, just some notes here on uh, setting up the feather wing and the feather itself. Um, pretty standard, the, uh, the feather snaps on top of the RGB matrix feather wing. We got an assortment of cables here, and then we just kind of wire them through. We're using all the power and ground add-ons or pins that are on the M4 Express, which is nice. So we can power all the things there without having to share any connections. And then there's all those extra pins that we're using uh, on the bottom of the RGB matrix feather wing. So that's how we're setting it up.
a lot of my projects tend to look like this, where there's a feather, a feather wing, and then all these like, like, like if you were to rip a brain out of a of a skull, and it would have mm -hmm. like you know all these wires. Sorry. <laughs> and then this, the last page is uh, the assembly of the matrix. Um, you got your corner mounts. You got some the hex nuts. Um, this is where you would install the uh, the black LED matrix, uh, the black LED acrylic. You got your feet. You're, you're, you're just carrying those to the back there. You got your arcade button that also has a JST connector that gets panel mounted to the button mounting plate that gets secured to the side. You c it's symmetrical design, so you can choose whether you want it on the left side or the right side, um, which is nice. It's a great uh, feature to have. If you stick with symmetry, you can uh, you have options. Um, yeah, it's panel mounted, brackets get snapped on, and they get uh, secured with the M3 hex nut and screws. Um, mo the majority of the build is just M3 screws and uh, a few of the M25 screws. The M25 screws are used to secure the IR sensor, the transmitter and the receiver, and then the M3 screws for the rest of the parts that are assembled. The Stemma speaker has mounting holes that are sized for M225 screws, so that's why I'm using M25 screws there. Just four of those longer ones, the 10 millimeter long ones, some hex nuts to secure it to this um, little speaker mounting plate that has built-in standoffs, so that's nice. And that's sized to fit in the back there in the middle of the mounting holes on the back of the display. Plug everything in. <laughs> the final build. And then the warning, take caution, you're throwing a ball at a display. <laughs> <laughs> the acrylic does help a little bit, but yeah. It kind of does. It you totally throw does. metal stuff at it. Yeah. This was originally intended to be like a uh, waste bin. Yes. You know, like to throw mm -hmm. thing, like all your failed 3D printed parts to throw into. Right. <laughs> but uh, that could, you know, tip over easily. Yeah, or scratch and, the um, acrylic. Right. So, well, that was a good one. And then SM John was asking, does the GFX library support animations or GIFs? The GFX library, like the Arduino library, I'm unsure. I, but I believe that's an Arduino library, GFX library for displays. This is using the display IO libraries. Um, and there's like a handful of those. Um, you have display text, display shapes, uh, image load for loading bitmaps. So all those. Um, are, are quite easy to work with, and they're documented nicely too. And this is all circuit Python. Going through the comments here. All right, I think that is it. Cool. Let's hit back over here. We'll uh, do some more hoops uh, tonight on the show and tell. So hopefully we don't break the hoop by then. <laughs> Start a new print now. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I probably should. <laughs> yeah. It's quite nice though, and the flexibility of it, the the way it springs without a spring. Mm. Melissa is saying for their Arduino and GIFs, might want to take a look at the Adafruit Arcada GIF decoder library. Yeah, a couple Thank projects you, on that. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, there's a few, there's a handful of projects that use the GIF decoder. Um, one of them is a really fun, <laughs> a little crank, <laughs> a little crank. We are cranking a, a cranked, powered GIF player using Pi Portal. I think so that's cool. what it was. Excellent. Right. Well, if you would like, we really appreciate it if you guys put an order in for your <laughs> for your stuff. So again, we got some stuff in stock. We got that matrix display, which is half price now. 
the, uh, the RGB matrix feather wing, which makes it really easy to plug in a feather into the back of these things as they have these built-in IDC header boxes, sockets. So you can uh, have your fun so with awesome. those. I believe the M4 Express is also in stock. Feather M4. Yes, it is indeed in stock. And I would get it uh, without <laughs> the headers because, um, you know, with, with the loose headers so you that can, uh, you can uh, solder them yeah. how you'd like. It's basically going to be soldered like this, though, as the feather is going to snap on top of that feather wing. And then the RGB matrix is pretty much set up like, like, uh, where's the photo of it? Like, somewhere. I'm in the wrong page. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, that was that. Okay, are we ready for Shop Talks? Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into Shop Talks. I don't know what we're doing, so Pedro gets to tell me. <laughs> yeah, so last week we were talking about this new little camera that I got, the Ansel 360 R1 inch. And one of the complaints that we always have with these cameras is, man, they always over-engineer, under-engineer right. the cases that are included <laughs> with them. I say under-engineer because this, you this case doesn't fit this lens that they ship the camera with. You have to like actually take this off, which doesn't make sense when you're like on the go, mm. trying to film something really quick. So of course we uh, designed our own. We have a 3D printed one in Ninja Flex here. So we have this very nice purple and I attached the uh, 3 8 quarter inch uh, adapter that we have here with a 20 to 20 to go onto this uh, just little handle to hold onto it. Selfie stick. Yeah, a little selfie stick. So it is nice and rubbery. Great use of TPU or Ninja Flex, as we like to call it. Mm -hmm. but, uh, any TPU uh, will kind of work. This is, I think, from Sandsmart, which yeah. is a, a, a brand out there that has some uh, low-cost filament. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is some 1.75 diameter filament. And we printed it on our CR10. CR10S, That's what? That's right. Pro? Unmodified Bowden. A uh, Bowden extruder. Yeah, it. so it's not the softest Ninja Flex. It, it is the, the short hardness for, his, for sure. it is the 95A. Uh, so I also made a little bumper for the uh, lens. Yeah. And then just wanted to show that, yeah, <laughs> these camera guys always get this horribly wrong with uh, well, making such a bulky uh, I have a, case. It I doesn't have a even theory. fit that uh, the folks that designed uh, this case was for sort of a different iteration of this camera. It, there yeah, is a version of it. this was included with the camera. That's funny. <laughs> Maybe they just And then like the oversight. way that you like take this off, like there's all it's this nice, stuff It's nice, but in there uh, there's a lot of extra stuff here. It's like, that, why, uh, why do you need to do this? Yeah, the, the way it's, it's kind of over-engineered, it's kind of nice. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, this simplifies it to where you can literally just slip it out, slip it back in, it's still secured. Um, you, you, you give access to what, the two buttons on the top there? Mm -hmm. So there's a good look at um, some overhang geometry there. If you could hold that, I can, um, and then I can adjust the focus. And there's like a little fillet on the bottom here to sort of hug the bottom uh, where the battery is there too. That's better. Yeah, and you can see the, first, the surface quality there. Um, it looks, um, what do you call it? Kind a of interesting texture. A little under extruded because you used a 0.3 millimeter extrusion right. on that just to get just that to texture. That it pretty, it's pretty good. I'm trying to rip it apart. Yeah. You can kind of see some under extrusion. You can see the under extrusion on it. But that's actually the look that I was going for just to get that texture feel onto it. When I extruded it at 0.4, <laughs> it came out uh, glossy, 
and like the the texture on it was nice and smooth but it's actually it's something i don't want i don't right. want to set down the camera and have it slip mm -hmm. i wanted that grip. nice grippy cool. grippy texture and then the other thing i found too on thingiverse was this excellent design oh look uh, at this this pla design okay it, it has this PLA. nice little hinge that allows it to go on a lot more easier right. this is actually kind of neat <laughs> I, I i like that and then there's a uh, a slot here to attach some recesses your, for um, a screw. your GoPro knuckle to that. Right. So just to show that um, there's cool. always really good designs on Thingiverse or you can just yeah. make your own to make. I really like this so one. It's a lot more better than what the manufacturer usually ships with it. I mean, and I thought it was just GoPro because maybe. every single GoPro that we've gotten for the past you know, couple years, we always have to redesign or design a case for it for our use. Uh, one that had the mm -hmm. quarter 20 attached to it. And uh, yeah, the same deal with the Insta folks. Sure. And okay. what's really cool about this one is it's just using a little piece of filament to act as the hinge or the pin for the hinge. Mm -hmm. So just to show uh, that you can always make something that will fit your needs a lot more easier. Yeah. Sweet. That's this week's. Yeah, it's always interesting talk. to see um, anything TPU and then like squishing it and like running it over with your car or whatever. And like it, it's indestructible, sort of, and yet you can still cut it with like scissors and that is actually trim it what I did for the button cutouts. I just let it print like a 0.5 millimeter uh, thick um, oh, mold really? for this, okay. and then just went in there with a hobby knife and cut it out. Okay, because it would good. be a lot more easier to do that than have to clean up all of the uh, extrusion because we do have to turn off or we have to turn down the retraction for this, so it is pretty stringy when it comes off the bed. There are some tolerance things too when you're designing uh, stuff for flexible stuff. Yeah, like you, you almost want to have a little bit smaller, a little bit tighter. Um, mm -hmm. So the idea is that the material will stretch to fit over whatever you're trying to fit. Exactly. So yep, that is this week's yeah. shop talk. It's like a negative value as opposed to a positive yeah. clearance. You're looking at a negative mm -hmm. offset. All cool. Right. All right, let's go work. ahead and jump into this week's Community Makes. This All week's right. Time Lapse Tuesday is this really cool this is the Millennium Falcon, which yes. they've renamed as a Memory Falcon, since it is a USB SD card, any type of memory holder. So you can see the time lapse here. I did have the temperature a little bit higher than I should have. This is the Hatchbox. <laughs> gray filament so uh i think like the standard is around like 185 190 for this i just had a little bit higher just because of the time lapse and as you can see it does the tolerance wise it's really good at holding a lot of the usb memory sticks sd cards i think the only thing that's missing is like a uh what is it? cf card oh, yeah. holder cf uh, compact flash and i really like the the detail that was in this. <laughs> I like see. the blurry. I like the blur. <laughs> of course. There we go. You can see like the um, the cockpit here. Yeah. Chewie and Han would be. Are they there. really in there? No. <laughs> where can they you would be. can you go as close as you can? Let's go Let's all see. the way in. Let's microscope this closer. Whoa. There you go. You There's see freaking some chairs in there. <laughs> some chairs oh my in there. goodness. Hey, look. <laughs> Look at those chunky layer lines, folks. I can get the, you can see a console there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Holy moly. But there is a butt ton of slots all over. Like even in the front here, you can add like a um, uh, USB oh, memory stick on that. Okay. You have them all on the sides. So there is a ton of room 
to. Oh my uh, God, my color time is just going all over I the know, place. I know it's the what gray. The hell? <laughs> there we go. It's the gray. That's how you say. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> all right. Yeah, excellent little. Oh, yeah, in the bottom here oh, too. Fell have all the feet and all the turrets and all that stuff on there. Nice yeah. detail. Good timing with the opening of Hollywood Studios, which we will not go to. <laughs> I was gonna say like, uh, we're not going to Disney for like a year or something. Yeah, ever. <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> An excellent little uh, reminder of not being able to go to the parks. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. No, it's a great little way to we, store. We never did your... make it to Smuggler's Run, unfortunately. I know. We did get to see it. <laughs> We could have went on the single uh, single rider line, but uh, yeah. <laughs> just didn't make it. I'll always remember the popcorn that I ate there. It was oh. like sweet and spicy popcorn at Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. Of course, uh, some nice commentary on here from uh, Bruce and Melissa. How fast will that USB drive make the Kessel run? <laughs> <laughs> How many parsecs? Yeah. Parsecs versus the distance rather than time. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, put the link to this excellent oh, right. uh, print. Uh, it does take quite a while though, and oh, you can see here. Um, there it is. Designed fully. by I'd rather be making. Did an That's excellent. That's a great name. Um, like there, weathering, some weathering effect. as well. Yeah, That's I really like the cool. way that came out. Printed on Ender. It's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, so the um, as well. tolerances should be pretty perfect for any yeah, of the cruelties. Probe. East Sun filament. Oh, I love photos when folks are, are, are getting their paints and things in there. It's really cool. I have to check out the video. Yeah, <laughs> Yanni's saying add LED to it. Yeah, that's a good, really, really good idea. Yeah, that'd be neat. Sweet. Like, chop it like right um, down it the could, center. It could be a it. cool sort of USB hub of sorts, like a wall mm -hmm. charger. Maybe it charges some devices yeah. and things. That'd be neat too. All right, Ooh. ideas. Post the link to that. Sure. And that's this week's Community Makes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's see what else. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it, man. We're, uh, get back to full hour, huh? Sweet. Filling out this learn guide and pushing yeah. <laughs> this out later today. Hopefully, before we're asking engineer. Yeah. Which, uh, nice little segue spin. into uh, the rest of the shows coming on later tonight. Yeah. We invite you folks to come on and share your projects, whether it's work in progress. Final stuff, workshops, retro tech, all this fair game. We love to see it, and we hope you join us at uh, 7 p.m. tonight. That's asking. That's as that's the show and tell show. You can uh, join by hanging out in the Discord chat room in the live broadcast channel, and um, a link to the Streamyard um, session will be posted there about five to ten minutes before. 7 p.m. so folks have time to get get uh, get in there and remember it doesn't have to be uh, 3d printing electronics it could just be like a tour of your work workspace. area your workspace or some projects the kids are working on for home or of course uh, projects that are in progress always love seeing those yeah, Come retro on. tech stuff stories do you have any stories yeah, yeah. Camp, campfire stories and All then Ask an Engineer is, uh, follows after 7 p.m. Starts at 8 p.m. Every Wednesday is Ask an Engineer at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Mar and Phil get some insight on uh, the latest products. Um, Everything news going on in from the factory. New York. Lots of uh, secret projects that are being worked on. Right. And more. And more. 
Um, the desk of Lady Ada is uh, returning, and we I, might be seeing some more, um, some more. What do you call it? Like regularly scheduled yeah. content. Um, I believe there are some works happening to make that a mm -hmm. a weekly occurrence. So uh, we might uh, go from random hacker time to more regularly scheduled programming. So mm -hmm. stay tuned for that. There was one on Sunday that happened uh, where Lamar was replacing some stuff um, for a, I believe it was like a coffee mug warmer. Yeah. She replaced a part and used DigiKey search to, uh, to check that out. It was about it's a half hour hands. stream, so yeah. check it out if you want to see some insight on how she uses DigiKey's search engine uh, and uh, some overall nice uh, engineering. Yeah. Check it out. John Park has two shows. He starts it off with uh, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. He does a full hour of Make Code Live. So if you'd like the uh, the uh, the block-based code editor, um, you can check out Make Code Live with John Park. And then like he was doing some Matrix projects inside of Make Code, so definitely check yeah. that out. Excellent. And then he has a uh, second show, John Powers Workshop, on Thursdays, every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we also have. Scott, who does a Friday live stream. Yeah. I still don't have the thing, so I'll just. What's a good? Uh, I'll just say go to need Discord. To, <laughs> need to have Bruce. I know. Uh, I need to have a graphic. Our designer Bruce. Yeah. Uh, make a graphic. A deep dive with Scott. Yeah. So maybe like a little icon where he's like diving, diving into in code. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> he puts his like ski or his uh, his cap on with the goggles. <laughs> he gets in there. He does a deep dive every Friday at. Uh, oh boy. Somebody help me out with the, with the. Uh, Somebody just put. Yeah, what is it? Question mark. Showtime. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's a great way to get uh, the full list in Discord. Mm -hmm. Our little Dino Bot will tell us. Um, deep dives are 5 p.m. Eastern Time Fridays. I was confused because he says 2 p.m. Uh, oh yeah. PT for, time because yeah. that's his time zone. He's up there in Seattle. All right, <laughs> and you guys have been watching at 3D Hangouts. This happens every Wednesday. Does it? Yeah, and again, we had a power outage today. It's sunny, so it's too bright out. It's too bright, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we don't have a, a sunny thing. All right, well, that's going to be it for the show. Don't forget, we're going to do show and tell tonight, as well as uh, Ask Engineer will be tuning in. And uh, don't forget, next week, we got the, the CircuitPython meeting happens every Monday, so mm -hmm. we start off all nice and, and uh, cheerful. And as a reminder, these shows are archived, so you can subscribe, get notification when they are uh, posted up there. People yes. was asking that in the YouTube chat. So, yep, don't forget to subscribe, like, and all that. And we appreciate your orders. Don't forget, AdaBox is shipping still. It's, um, it's yeah, right now, I think they're, all the seats are full, but you can definitely get a notification if we have any openings. You definitely don't want to miss this one. Lots Sweet. of cool projects in the works for it. All right. All right, until later tonight. Remember to stay safe and, stay safe and make a great day. All right, bye folks. See you tonight, folks.